Just put death by rock and roll Yeah, just put death by rock and roll, baby Welcome back, boys and girls, ladies and gents, brothers and sisters Here we are, we are in the pot office And this is Season 2, Episode 1 of coffee and vinyl i am your host kyle and we are here hanging out and we are going to be talking some crazy weird off the wall strange alternative music today yes yes we are today today we're going to be talking about never mind the mainstream volume one from mtv's 120 minutes a compilation album released back in 1991 and um actually it was a double compilation album released back in 1991 and uh pretty much a a a seminal record in my collection back in the day well a seminal cassette uh back in my collection uh back at the time and unfortunately it's not one that i own on vinyl now so i am breaking one of my little cardinal rules again yeah i know but, you know, once in a while during a season, we got to do that. Today is definitely one of those days. Um, I guess we should do a little bit of home of uh, house cleaning, I guess, as they call it in the biz. Um, kind of explaining why it's been almost two months since I did my last recording. Um, about three months ago, actually it'll be three months on Tuesday, I decided on a <clears throat> starting a new venture in my world and uh, a new job and it's been almost 14 years since i've had a new job and the the adjustment time was a little much um so i had to kind of figure out a when i was going to have time to do any kind of real research and um Things of that nature, and take time to record since the uh, the wife and I are now home on the on the weekends together. Um, and unfortunately, the pod office computer belongs to the wife, and she does spend uh, you know her time on it. So you know we have to play nice. Um, so we'll 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 figure this out as we go. Um, but I did want to try to get some sort of entertainment out for your earballs. As uh, the uh, captain and the uh, crispy colonel like to say, and um, you know, uh, honestly, I've also had a lot of a hard time with some um, some research that I've been trying to do on other albums that I wanted to put out earlier in the last month or so, and unfortunately, the the some of the information just that I was hoping to have was just not available. Um, at least to my limited ability to do any research. I mean, a lot of this is supposed to be personal and anecdotal, and it is. But at the same time, I wanted to give you guys some real information, too. I don't want to be just like, oh, I really think this greatness that just made me feel this way. I wanted to give you, you know, a little background, a little information here and there, tidbits that you may or may not know. <clears throat> and the last couple that I've tried to, you know, start and stop with have just been brutal. Um, this one really wasn't much more of an exception. Um, the, the the only 
thing I can really say that helped me out a little bit, unfortunately, and I don't like to plug it, but was uh, uh, Genius Lyrics. Because um, there, there were some good little tidbits on each of these songs, and since this is a compilation album, not an entire you know, cohesive album from one band, it's all these various artists... That kind of worked for my purposes this time, at least to get some content out there for you guys and, uh, you know, that, that care and still listen. And I love you all and thank you all for doing so. Um, you know, this is just a little side project. I'm not making any real money off of this. Yes, there's an ad on here, but, you know, I'm doing this because I want to. And um, I have finally found you know, something this week that really struck me and coming up on it being almost a year since I started doing this, I decided to kind of break it up since it's been two months and start calling this <clears throat> from here on season two. So this is episode one, season two, MTV's 120 minutes, never mind the mainstream, the best of, and this is volume one. And, you know, we're there's always something personal with each one of these albums that I do. And this one was no different. Um, right around this time of year, back in 1991, I went out with a whole mess load of friends around Christmas time. I said around this time of year. And <clears throat> went to a record store. And before we had gone out and done the stupid shit that, you know, teenage kids did back at the time which is wandering around the mall and then maybe going to a movie which we did go to i went into this record store with a friend of mine and she and i saw this one this set of of cassettes and she's like oh my god there's so many good you know so much good music on this you really need to you know listen to this and i was into the the strange non-mainstream stuff too at the time but i was also kind of mr mainstream as well uh, kind of still am I'm, I'm a rock and roll guy at heart it's just just who i am but i also like the strange and the weird and this definitely at that time especially was that it was a compilation and and it is a compilation of you know characters like bob mold and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Soul Asylum and um, <clears throat> the Stone Roses, just bands that had not, and actually most of them did not ever really break it huge in the music industry and not like, you know, NXS or Phil Collins or anything like that bands have already covered, but all are important in their own right. Um, I, I think any artist, whether I like them or not, that goes out there and puts themselves selves out there and puts their art out there for people to to consume they're they're important in their own in their own ways so um but the, the, the it just had stuff on there and when i sat there sat down later that night and started listening to this so many of these these bands kind of just spoke to me and and i've gone out and bought their stuff subsequently whether it was really old or whatever. Because, I mean, this compilation has songs on it from the early 80s all the way up through the the year that this was released, which was 1990. And 
it all still holds up. It's all still amazing music by fantastic musicians, strange musicians, beautiful human beings with with something to say. So, um, so that being said, uh, I want to say one more time. I want to say thank you to everybody who is listening, who has given this guy a chance. You know, even with the long breaks here and there. Um, you know, as we all know, life gets in the way. So, <clears throat> without too much further ado, as we say, let's let's jump into track one from Nevermind the Mainstream and Best of MTV's 120 Minutes Volume One, and it's a song that y'all might, some of y'all might know, um, especially if you're into this band. Uh, this is Higher Ground, a cover of a wonderful Stevie Wonder song by the band Red Hot Chili Peppers. of a better way can you even think of to start off a record but with that track just blasted in your ears I mean you know it's the boys in the chili peppers yeah they're a little kind of cliche and a little odd and a little dumb and a little whatever but they're still the fucking chili peppers man and uh, for those of you who do not know Uh, This particular album is, like I said, a cover of a Stevie Wonder song that he kind of wrote in with the idea of reincarnation being part of it. And when the boys in the Chili Peppers decided to record this, they were kind of in their own way reincarnating themselves. Um, They had just hired a uh, another new drummer um, by the name of, of Chad Smith, who will from this album's point on be their regular drummer so it's always those three musketeers and then their d'artagnan in mr john frusciante the young uh, 17 18 year old friggin freak of a guitar player who just set them on the course to superstardom you know because of his uh uh, sensibilities and and so forth even at that at that young age and most of the guys in the band are a few years older than he is easily <clears throat> but anyway this uh this song came from uh, their 
1989 release of uh, Mother's Milk. Um, like I said, the kind of what everybody knows is the class, the more classic lineup of the Red Hot Chili Peppers of Anthony Kiedis, Flea, Chad Smith, and John Frusciante. Who then, after this album, those those four men would go on to create one of the greatest albums in not only alternative rock, but just rock history with Blood Sugar Sex Magic. If you've never listened to that one, get out from under your rock and go get it. Um, I say the same thing about this one. And, and I love all of their stuff from even before this. Um, this track actually was one of those songs that made me go back and listen to a catalog of stuff that they'd done before this and I absolutely adore the rest of their stuff even though a lot of it's really weird and funk um I don't mind the funk I, I love the funk but uh funky and just odd and silly and you know even for adolescent and it, it just at that time I was an adolescent so a lot of their stupidity spoke to me so you know, if you get a chance, go check out their back catalog of stuff, stuff before Blood Sugar Sex Magic, before they got really, really into, you know, making some other strangely more experimental, and you get to hear more of the, the arty funk stuff that they did back in the day that, you know, uh, George Clinton helped produce and things of that nature from Uplift Mofo, Uplift Mofo Party Plan and Freaky Styly and the self-titled and of course off of this one Mother's Milk which also has another one of my songs one of my another one of my favorite songs from the Chili Peppers which is called Magic Johnson and it's a tribute to Magic Johnson and the LA Lakers of that era so anyway go check it out um track number two on our little journey today is Sometime to Return by Soul Asylum. Now, most people who know who Soul Asylum is know Fool's Gold or, uh, um, oh shit, uh, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum, but they're a band from uh, the Minneapolis area that had been in the music scene forever and a day, even prior to that in 1993, 1992, 1993, when they really broke big with those two songs off of Dancers Union. This is from the album prior to that, uh, from 1988's Hang On, or I'm sorry, Hang Time. Uh, this is Some Time to Return, and honestly, another one of those songs that at the beginning of this album, if you're if you're looking for a mood to be set, this this rock and mood of, of early alternative is definitely there. And Dave Perner is a great songwriter and a fantastic player on the guitar and whatnot. And it just grabs a whole, another one of them songs that just kind of grabs a hold of you and says, "Here, look at me, listen to me. You know you are gonna love me. Don't play." So here it is. Sometime to return. I ran the way I walked to find a waste of time 
Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me some time to return. So good. And, you know, back in the day, too, it was also kind of neat and subversive for me because it was one of those, you know, few songs that you hear somebody say the word fuck that wasn't rap. So, you know. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, excuse me. Uh, coming up next is... Uh, a band out of the UK, out of Man the Manchester area, the Manchester scene, as it were. Um, the Stone Roses, and um, this this kind of turns the the tenor of the album itself around a little bit. Starts to kind of slow it down, uh, and gives you this really great sensation of okay, we're gonna mellow this out and. Apparently, uh, at the time, these guys were um, really, really into James Brown. And uh, they made their drummer sit and listen to the track Funky Drummer because they just loved it. And they made him listen to it until he could do the beat in Funky Drummer to a T and then they laid this the rest of this track down over it. They had played it as kind of their click track um, to, to start, Funky Drummer that is, and then they just kind of made their drummer sit there and listen to it over and over and over again until he, you know, learned that part and could play it well and then used it as the actual track on the album. And this is... Fool's Gold, um, track number 12 off of 19, the 1989 Stone Roses um, release. So yeah, here we go with a little bit of the uh, Fool's Gold. Funky, funky beat. Because it's funky drama. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, that's track number three off of MTV's 120 Minutes compilation, Never Mind the Mainstream. And um, 
the the next track is one that was I was a little disappointed with because I couldn't find a lot of information about it, other than I just know it's a great song. It's by um, uh, the band The Mission, and it's called Wasteland. And we are just gonna give it a run here and see what y'all think, because you know, it's part of what I'm about here is just giving you the opportunity to hear stuff maybe you haven't heard in either a long time or ever and to explore it give it a shot i still believe in god but god no longer believes in me gotta love it well okay you don't gotta but i do anyway so yeah that is the waste that is wasteland by the mission and they're not to be confused because there are uh, a, a few bands out there that have you know due to licensing or whatever had to change you know, didn't change their name but there was another band uh also called the mission and they added mission the mission uk um and if you hear the their version of the wasteland which they actually did a cover of it's not quite as good um it's good it's it's very very close um i'm not sure if that was a licensing agreement thing and they had to re-record it and it just didn't come out as well i'm not sure um but this was from the waste the wasteland uh, and this is track number, if you're looking for the original version, um, it's track number one off of Gods of Medicine, and it's from 1990, 1986. So, oldie but a goodie, as they say. Um, not really all that old, but, you know, time keeps moving forward, so it is what it is. Okay, so... We've got a few minutes here today, and um, the show's called Coffee and Vinyl, and there's a reason it's called that. Um, because I like to have my, my my coffee, and I also like to listen to my, my music. And uh, we haven't talked today about what uh, <clears throat> my crazy little caffeinated 
body has been consuming. So I suppose we should probably do that. And in my hand, my little hands here, jiggle, 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 uh, I have what is, uh, it's called Kefa Coffee. It's uh, Lion's Pride is the... Um, the flavor they call it it's their breakfast blend it's a light roast it's from ethiopia and it is absolutely delectable it's wonderful um i am not the um coffee aficionado per se i like to try new things and all that sort of stuff i don't like to be stuck in the same flavor format all the time i am a really large fan of uh, sumatra brown sumatra blends of coffee and stuff that does come from um africa i love ethiopian blends and uh, uh a couple other um blends from that that region of the world and this one just kind of like oh hey lion's pride i like the <clears throat> the sound of it and the name of the, co the company again is it's called kaffa coffee uh that's k-e-f-f-a if anybody's interested i'm assuming it's probably just coffee in whatever native tongue that is from uh, ethiopia or wherever the actual company in and of itself is based um either way don't know a whole lot about it but it's it's really quite tasty and i like it a lot um if any of my listeners out there are into you know a coffee snob uh, kind of, of uh, reviews of things. Um, my cousin, uh, Jeff, going to give him a little shout out right here. He's got a, uh, a page on Instagram where he will um, put up the, the, the photos and so forth of whatever coffees he's kind of into this week or whatever. And that is coffee underscore thoughts underscore reviews on Instagram. Um, his name is Jeff. Give him a shout out. Give him to say hello. Uh, give him a follow there. And, uh, you know, as I said, he does little short snippet reviews. Doesn't do video yet. Anyway, uh, kind of think maybe he should of what these coffees are, what they taste like, where they're from, how good they are in his estimation and so forth. I mean, it's all subjective. Like art, it's all subjective. And speaking of art, let's get back to my favorite form of art, which is music. And the next song on our compilation today is uh, See a Little Light, and it's by Bob Mould. Um, he was the uh, guitarist, guitarist and lead singer from a little band out there in uh, the, the Midwest or from Minnesota, just like... Um, uh, Dave Perner and uh, Soul Asylum and uh, you know um, he was he was in a little band called Husker Du um, big in the early punk scene really great band um, a little more on the melodic side of things there's there's something to be said about Bob's voice there's just this tone to his voice that's really beautiful um he also had a band in the mid-90s called Sugar, uh, which is actually where I first really realized who he was. Um, the The track on this album, Bob Mould, the, the solo track here, um, 
I really enjoyed, but it was a couple years after this that I, I discovered Sugar and that he was part of that, and then who he was in the past being part of Husker Du. <clears throat> but this, this track kind of set all of that off, and it's a really great one. It's called See a Little Light. Um, and there's also on volume two of this is an actual Husker Du song um, that we'll cover in the next episode. But here it is, See a Little Light by Bob Mould. just got a got a tone to his voice that is just beautiful just beautiful and that is see a little light of uh it's track number four off 1989's workbook um and this was kind of a, a transition period into him doing a lot more of the power pop kind of stuff a la um uh, elvis costello that kind of thing, uh, which would kind of move him forward throughout the rest of his career. And he's been a really prolific song, uh, songwriter and singer since. Uh, you know, he's flown under the major label radar kind of stuff, but still a, a wonderful musician. Um, up next is another one that's a little more on the... Um, ethereal kind of sound and uh the 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 goth e kind of sound i really wouldn't necessarily call it gothic um and it, it's just a really haunting and beautiful song um it is called under the milky way and this is by uh the church and uh, this is track number two off of their uh, Starfish Haunting and or off of their album Starfish which I labeled as very haunting and beautiful because it it is and uh, let's give it a little wee bit of a listen shall we Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of their breath fades with the light 
I think about the loveless fascination under the Milky Way tonight. Lower the curtain down. I got no time for private consultation under the Milky Way tonight. Wish I knew what you were looking for. Might have known what you would find. And it's something. Like I said, haunting and beautiful. Haunting and beautiful. I, I gotta say, this is one of those songs that when I did originally hear it, and I, and I got a chance to listen to the lyrics, the the whole wish I knew what you were looking for, wish I um, might known might have known what you would find kind of meant a lot to me at that age. I mean, I was a, at this point in, in 1991, I was a senior in high school. Uh, I was sort of dating this really odd fairy-like chick. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know if fairy-like is the word. I, I, I was dating this very strange young lady and she was the girl I was with when we went into the record store and bought this. It was under her suggestion because she was into a lot of the, the alternative music that wasn't played on normal radio. I mean, she got me into Morrissey. She got me into um, just band, other bands that were out there. Uh, a lot of the bands that are on this album, she helped me get into them and broaden my horizons beyond what was played, you know, normally on, you know, the classic rock or the, the, the new rock stations and so forth. And, uh, so I'm not really going to shout her out on this just because I'm not going to other than that. But, um, you know, that song really kind of made a big impact on me, those lyrics, because she always seemed to be searching for something. Um, Anyway, that <clears throat> was back in the day. When, uh, young love, young kids. The next track on our little adventure is um, World Shut Your Mouth by Julian Cope. Um, it is track number six on his album St. Julian. Don't have a whole lot to say about him. I don't know a lot about him. This is one of the songs on the album I wasn't as fond of. as the one. There's nothing wrong with this song at all. It just... I wasn't as fond of this. It didn't hit me like others did um, at the time. So, um, but we're going to play it just because, because it deserves to be heard. And I like it more now that I'm a little older, um, but I still don't know a whole hell of a lot about him.
See now, you know, nothing absolutely at all wrong with that song. It just at at that time didn't resonate with me like others did off of this this total compilation. <clears throat> um Okay. So the next track is uh, not at all controversial really um the artist on the other hand is uh especially right around the time i decided to pick this album up um she was just starting to make it big on adult contemporary stations because she was gifted so to speak um at least in our estimation with something called a Prince song. <laughs> um, this is, uh, the song coming up is by Sinead O'Connor, um, the little crazy little Irish broad, um, tore up the picture of the Pope on SNL and got banned from SNL and had a lot of weird things to say and a lot of weird ideas and thoughts and, and so forth and can, and ran through a lot of bullshit in her life um, that does not at all take away from the fact that she was an absolute genius when it came to um, being a songstress and, and I don't throw around the word genius loosely um, she had an absolutely and still does has an absolutely beautiful strange voice um, definitely very Irish um a la, you know, the Enya and, and well, actually, Enya isn't really Irish, she's Welsh, but, you know, that, that kind of sound, or, and, and she kind of helped spawn the, the sound of, of Sarah McLaughlin, especially in her early years, that, that tremulous voice that, that just bites you, um, and this song is called Mandinka. Um, it is off of, it's track number two off of her Lion and the Cobra album from 1987. And from her, her lips, it is a song about the entrapments of coming of age. Um, reading the lyrics, I'm not sure if she made that clear, but at the same time, you know, it, it's poetry and it, you know, means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I fell in love with this just because the sound of her voice was so beautiful and unique. And <clears throat> I had, you know, just started seeing her um, on MTV doing, you know, the song that made her a star uh, right around this, coming around this time. Uh, the, the aforementioned Prince song that uh, she covered and yeah so anyway um, we are going to give Mandinka a bit of a shot here I think y'all will dig it it's pretty cool um, especially if you don't know much more than uh, you know much more than uh, her famous song and I'm not going to name it because I don't want to anyway here is uh, 
Mandinka by Sinead O'Connor. absolutely beautiful I love her I just I love her voice I can't listen to all of your music but her her voice is definitely you know who that is immediately and she's captivating a lot of times so and okay I'll just say it nothing compares to you there bam with the two not the T.O. the number two nothing compares to you by originally by Prince and I actually like both versions a lot so anywho um <clears throat> moving on um and coming up on the next on our little journey through this here album never mind the mainstream the best of mtv's 120 minutes volume one we are going to move ourselves into uh little sonic youth territory with a little bit of um a song that uh, Kim Gordon wrote uh, after doing an interview with uh, LL Cool J back in the day. Um, I want to say it was, what, 19, 1989 she did the interview, somewhere around there, because this album came out in 1990. So it would have been 88, 89 when LL was starting to break big. And, you know, he had all the cool cars and this and that and everything else. And she did this interview with him, and, and I read the interview, and it's really, really bizarre. She really tries to kind of steer him in one direction, and he goes in another, and they just couldn't end up in the same place during the interview. <clears throat> and, you know, she wasn't trying to say anything bad, bad about the guy, but at the time, um, because he was young and, you know, existing in kind of a vapid part of the culture when it comes to uh, being a popular music star uh, uh, at any time in the world there most of these folks end up getting caught in the trappings and he definitely was caught in the trappings but he was also trying to be a little bit of a little bit philosophical about things and 
had his own ideas and so forth and nothing wrong with that um you know unless you let it go too far which he he didn't uh eventually you know he grew up he matured he you know realized where things were but he was caught in the trappings of the early days of of rap music and and actually today too with just the the worship of the almighty dollar and you know this and that but um she just kind of came away from the interview as being just meh. so she wrote this song and within the song is some uh spoken word type stuff and a little bit of rap from chuck d of public enemy who she was uh friends with at the time and he was kind of adding in the parts that she thought of ll doing and instead it ended up being chuck d who in my personal opinion was a little more of a prolific writer um when it came down to the the poetry of of rap music and the, the message behind it the, the message that should have been behind a lot of the music that that came out of the the unfortunate circumstances of those in poverty and the oppressed no matter your skin color um and, and he came out of it as a bit more of a better writer and so anyway um uh, you know he does a lot of the stuff in in the in the middle so to speak um you know just gonna let's just fucking play it and <laughs> try to get myself out of this word cell that I put myself into so without further ado from the 1980 1990 seminal record goo track number four this is cool thing by Sonic Youth <laughs> Something I gotta ask. 
Sorry, um, didn't mean to blast your earballs there. Oh, um, whack my headphones against my microphone. Good lord. Anywho, um, yeah. So that was a cool thing by Sonic Youth, featuring the ever so prevalent and ever so wonderful Chuck D. Comment up next is uh, a song by World Party. Um, or I'm sorry, no, I lied. My bad. I went, I went one too far. Uh, <clears throat> a song by Robin Hitchcock and the uh, the Egyptians from their uh, 1986 release, Globe Frogs. And it's just a weird little silly song called Balloon Man. And I just, I don't know why, but this is one of those songs on the album that was just so weird and silly and the the lyrics are just so odd and out there i absolutely loved it i i wish i had been a little more into them uh back in the day i did not go back and and reach back and try to get a lot from them i know they're a great band i've heard other tracks by them but i've never gone back and dug into the the back catalog so to speak but i, I just freaking love this song and um, I'm a, I'm a play it because it's just weird and kooky and odd. Here's Balloon Man by Robin and the Hitchcocks. Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians. <laughs> predilection back in the day for loving Monty Python and their version of, or not their version, but their my love for Monty Python which still runs very thick through my veins nowadays probably helped me like this song a lot just because of the simple fact that he said his name is probably Bruce and of course had to say it in the accent which just makes it funnier to me and yes i i don't know why i dude i named my first cat bruce just so i could now mind you he's gray he's the old man in the house he's our oldest of the kitties he's my cat sadly he fucking adopted me but his name is bruce and it <clears throat> just 
Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. You know, so when, when dude said that, and I, I know sometime in that period of time, I had heard the, the Drunken Philosopher song. Just, it just clicked. <laughs> so, yeah, there's my little personal bullshit with that song. Anywho, um, next is... Uh, put the message in the box by World Party. It's track number four on their Goodbye Jumbo from 1990, and it's probably the one that is the most kind of stereotypical 90s um, mid-level alternative kind of sound to it, but it's still a really good track and deserves to be on here, and we're going to give you a few bars of it here and march our way down through history here. Oh, here you go. Put the message in the box by World Party. through there this was 1990 and you know most of those bands the bands that I'm kind of thinking of you know better than Ezra Matchbox 20 you know didn't really come through until the early mid 90s but that DNA is there and I think that's where a lot of those bands kind of got that that idea for that sound and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it I love those bands too um, I don't care about the hate for liking Matchbox 20. I like Matchbox 20. I love Better Than Ezra. Fuck, I've seen those guys three times, and they all just put on a great show. Um, <clears throat> you know, especially Better Than Ezra. Uh, I've seen Matchbox 20 twice. Again, another band that puts on a fantastic live show, and, you know, for... Never mind. I'm not going to go off on my rant about it. But, you know, you, you can hear the DNA through there. Um, you know, Jim Blossoms are in there, too. And, you know, it, just all of those, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, all those bands that are kind of just commercially successful in the 90s, that, that the DNA of this, of World Party, definitely runs through them. Um, now, when it comes to controversy, um, some of y'all out there might not, 
care. Some of y'all might not know. Um, I am not a religious person by any stretch of the imagination. I'm open to the ideas of all of the religions. I am simply not a Christian. I am not a Buddhist. I am not. I'm. I'm not any of those denominations of of religions. I think they all have their own kind of merit and their own beauty and their mythos and and things of that nature. But I'm. I can't even say I'm more on the scientifically minded things because. Anywho, um, this next song is one of those songs that kind of helped shape that belief in me that it's we can't rely specifically on just religion and and so forth we have to be just good human beings period um and being a good human being does not mean you have to go to a church or a synagogue or a temple or anything like that it just means being good and this is one of those songs that was <clears throat> that just kind of helped me realize that the major religions that are out there don't have the answers either and um kind of an anti-christianity song so to speak i don't think it was really written to be that which is why originally um, this was left off of the album that it did subsequently come out on. Um, it was left off until it started getting somehow some radio play. It ended up being a B-side for one of the other songs that they, they released as a single. And the B-side got more traction. Uh, it was very controversial at the time, obviously, for its um, content. But it was such a big hit for the band that they put it on, they put it on subsequent re-releases of the album. The band is XTC uh, out of the Great Britain part of the world. Um, the song is Dear God, and it is now what can be originally said it's released on Skylarking. It's the last track on Skylarking. Part of the reason it was left off is because the message that the lead singer and and songwriter Andrew Partridge, Andy Partridge was trying to get across. He felt it still didn't work. Um, he wasn't like an atheist or anything like that. He was just seeing some of the bad in the world, I guess. And, you know, um, just wrote a song about it. Kind of, you know, a la U2 and things like that. Where, But this song just cut a little more prolifically for me. Um... I mean, the lyrics are pretty much right up in your face about everything. And, I don't know, just kind of helped shape some of my beliefs. I mean, not entirely, but, you know, music was is and was such a humongous part of me that lyrics like that just kind of get to me. And this song definitely did that. So here is Dear God by XTC.
that song and that's my story with it and think of me what you will I'm just putting it out there next track on our little journey only a couple more left two more to be exact this one has a really cool kind of interesting story a local story for me um, so I'd heard this I'd heard this song and I, at the time, I had never heard of this band. I thought they were kind of when I when I heard this song, I thought, "Oh my God, this is so weird and so strange and so amazing." <clears throat> and um, let's set the story. I'm originally raised from the time I was ten until um, really until just about being turning thirty. I lived in in made my world in the Buffalo area, um, the south, the southern tier, as it were, um, and I lived in the suburbs and so forth of Buffalo, so that encompasses Orchard Park, that encompasses Hamburg, where I went to high school and graduated, and Springville, and Colden, and East Aurora, and all of those little Bergs on the outside, southern outside of, of uh, Buffalo there. And if you are traveling from the Springville area to the Boston Hamburg Orchard Park area on the 219 Expressway, unfortunately it's not there anymore after a certain amount of time. It, it It's just worn away and gone away. <clears throat> But someone else happened to be a large fan of this song. And underneath the underpass, as you're going by on the left-hand side, 
there was a part of the lyric, a part of the lyrics from this song with a big old stop sign on the underside of the on the, the side of the bridge there that said stop I don't want the world I just want your half and that always gave me a giggle when I was coming past through you know coming from my aforementioned cousin's house to mine or whatever and it never really clicked for me when I was younger what the hell that was all about but when I saw it after I'd heard the song, I was like, oh my god, that's just absolutely amazing. <clears throat> the song is Anna Nig by They Might Be Giants off of their Lincoln album, um, which uh, was the album prior to their big release, which kind of got them some notoriety, which was Flood in 1990. Um, but this album, uh, again, Lincoln, just two guys named John being geeks making music and it works and this song is definitely one of those that it works with amongst a bunch of others um, so yeah here's Ananig Make a hole with a gun perpendicular To the name of this town in a desktop globe Exit wound in a foreign nation Showing the home of the one this was written for My apartment looks upside down from there Water spirals the wrong way out the sink And her voice is a backwards record It's like a whirlpool and it never In the glow of each other's majestic presence Listen in and hear my words To the ones you would think I would say If there was a me for you All alone at the 64 World Fair 80 dolls yelling small girl after all Who was at the DuPont Pavilion? Why was the bench still warm? Who had been there? Or the time when the storm tangled up to the horn on the pole at the bus depot And in back of the edge of hearing These are the words that the voice was repeating And the and I are getting older We still haven't walked in the glow of each other's majestic presence Listen and I hear my words are the ones you would think I would say If there was a me for you When I was driving once I saw this I mean, you know, Jesus doesn't get any more on the nose. <laughs> that, that, that person totally did that on the nose. I saw this painted on a bridge, and yeah, I did too. <laughs> um, and if, if anybody's curious as to what bridge it was, it's the underpass going from the Springville, like I said, from the Springville area to Boston, and it was underneath the Sherrow Road underpass, um, which, ironically enough, shortly after this, I did end up living on Sherrow Road right by that bridge, so 
Kismet, I guess. Um, something like that. Anyway, uh, the final track for today is um, a song by Camper Van Beethoven. Now, they were banned in the early 80s, you know, in the 80s. Weird, quirky songs. Um, uh, eventually, they broke up, and then um, they became... the Some of the members became the band Cracker. Um, most of you will probably know the song Low by Cracker, or... Um, oh, shoot. What's the other one by them? Um, drawing a blank. Anyway, uh, this is their... As close to the original version of this as I could find... Um, right now, um, it's not the exact version that I heard on the album. Cracker did do a re-release of this song. It's called Eye of Fatima Part 1. Um, I don't know, just really dug this song, and it was a, a great ending to this, to, to Part 1 of this compilation. And another one that was just weird, quirky crazy lyrics i'm sure drug induced but great song nonetheless and we're gonna play it out here and stay in a motel <laughs> I don't know this song like I said this song just kind of like hey this this yeah um so that's gonna bring us to the end of today's episode one of season two of coffee and vinyl and as always brothers and sisters I just want to say thank you for you know listening to me jibber jabber about bullshit for an hour, hour and a half, whatever this ends up being. Um, just want to send out my love to all of you. And I hope everybody, you know, does well, has a good day, has a good week, whatever the case. Um, and yeah, so <clears throat> once again, shout out to my cousin Jeff and his uh, new Instagram page. Uh, that he's got going on out there once again. Oh, we flip over our notes real quick here and uh, Make sure we say this right. It is coffee underscore thoughts underscore reviews on Instagram Give it a look give it a follow 
he'll, he'll, he'll appreciate you. And uh, he doesn't disappoint. He's got some uh, very eclectic tastes when it comes to the coffee. Um, I'm still, you know, uh, I'm not the, the connoisseur, as it were, of uh, coffee as he is. Uh, he's been doing this a few years longer than I have. So, anyway. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And, yeah. So, love you guys. And we will talk to you very soon. There will not be a lull as long as the last one in between this episode and the next. I do promise that. All right. Love you guys. See you soon. I like the tone of your trumpet. Come on and spill some paint. Let's raise a glass of milk to the end of another day. Kiss that's still intangible And the kids are alright, just unmanageable They won't do a damn thing You say Physical and